What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? 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 You are listening to The Bounce. As always, folks, this is episode 34. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host, L'Oreal. How are you doing, L'Oreal? I'm doing fantastic on this Tuesday, episode yes. 34. Let's yep. get it. Yes, I know. Yes, it's going to be good. good. I just saw your headphones start dropping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's a nice day, nice sunny day, man. Oh, man, we, uh, the weekend was, was something. I'll tell you that right now. But it's August 10th, you know, if you're listening, you're probably going to listen to this on 11th or the 12th, but we'll see what happens, though. But let's get this show on the road. So, man, NBA free agency. I mean, it's I mean, what do you want to talk about free agency for? I mean, there's been winners, there's losers. But um, based on this season's free agency, which team are you looking forward to next season? Most definitely the Chicago Bulls. Their moves are definitely for thinking in terms of their future and also thinking about what can happen currently right now. We know that even though Chicago was a team that was on their way to becoming progressive, you know, once you got Zach Levine in and he starts to develop and then you bring in Vucevic, you have, you know, your draft pick Kobe White starting to develop and then you have Lori Markin in as well. So Chicago was already, already trying to be into that, contender mode and I feel like with these moves they are most definitely going to be a really good contender in the east I mean they definitely made their moves thinking a lot about their offense and their defense I mean getting Alice Caruso I think was a good deal getting Lamar DeRozan was an absolutely good deal because now you have a guy who can really turn it up for you in Chicago and I think DeMar DeRozan knowing where he is far along his career I think it's going to be very fine of working with these young players like a Caruso, like a yep. Levine, like a White, like a Lonzo Ball, which they also picked up. You know, a tremendous guy who knows how to, you know, score for the most part, and he also knows how to play defensively. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Chicago, you know, plays out in the East. I mean, it can go a lot of ways. You know, realistically, I feel like Chicago is going to be between – you know, that fifth and seventh spot. Because when you think about when you go into the playoffs, usually when you're around that fifth or seventh spot, you know, you go against a team where you're not really too worried about your chances because they're a team that you're, you know, fairly well matched against. And I think Chicago could be in a situation where they could probably go against like an Atlanta in the playoffs. They can go against New York again if New York can get back to, you know, playoff contention. They could go against a team like Miami with, you know, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, all those boys. I think that where they place in the playoffs will soon determine how they really do in the postseason. But I think just looking from the surface, you know, you fix you fix your defense, you fix your offense, you have a lot of good young guys and you can actually work around. And, I mean, this could probably be a really nice core in the NBA the next couple of years. You know, I think the biggest thing for Chicago is just health. I think as long as everybody stays healthy because Vucevic has had his health problems, I believe Zach Levine hasn't been 100%. I know Kobe White hasn't been 100%. I just think that as long as everybody stays healthy, I think the Chicago Bulls can surprise a lot of people. And I feel like Chicago fans should be really excited about this new era and this new core that they have. That's a... That's a good one right there. I was going to pick Chicago as well. But for me, I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz. I think the Utah mm-hmm. Jazz is a team. And I'm going to be real with you right now. 
I call this I call this team the fake one seed. I was I was trashing the Utah Jazz. I said they were not for real. I said I said no way, no how. But here's the reason why I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz on this one. I like the pickup where they capture Rudy Gay. You know, I thought that's going to be a good pickup for them. Um, I'm not already a big fan of Hassan Whiteside. That's one of my friends' favorite player. I'm not a fan of that. But as as far as him being a backup center, I think that's good. There's other moves that they have made. Um, I want to say Eric Eric Purcell, Purcell. That's one of Donovan Mitchell's best friends. I thought that was also a good move as well for them. They also got a rookie. You know, in my I for, I, for some reason I forgot the the rookie's name, but I think that he's a good matchup, a good pickup as well. So I think the Utah Jazz on the right spot. I mean, they were the number one seed last season. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, win 50 plus games. You know, they got Mike Conley back. Could they still make, you know, moves here and there? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But I'm just going to look at this right now. I think that they are a dark horse to come out the West. I think that because, listen, Golden State, they have, listen, we don't know how Golden State going to be when Clay Thompson come back. Kawhi Leonard is probably going to miss majority of the season. Or, listen, we don't even know when Kawhi Leonard is coming back. The Denver Nuggets, we don't know how Jamal Murray is going to be. But the Utah Jazz has less questions. And because the only question is, are they for real? That's pretty much it. And I think that with the addition of Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, Eric Purcell, and other players they have in mind, I think this Utah team is definitely going to be exciting and going to be interesting how they're going to play next season. Most definitely. And again, the West is still you know, it's not really a close race. It's still completely wide open. Lots of injuries are still, you know, on the playing field for a lot of these teams and a lot of these players. So I definitely agree. I think Utah is going to be right back on the map. I think them thinking more on the defensive end, especially in the long term, that's why I get the Hassan Whiteside and the Aaron Pascal moves, you know, keep everybody healthy, especially Mitchell, Gobert, and Conley. And I think if they can run it back again with this, these new guys and with the shooters as well, like Clarkson, Ingles, and Badanovich, I think the Jazz will be right back up there in the West. Yeah, I mean, we we could look at a lot of teams and, you know, like especially with the Utah Jazz, especially what they have done last year, they can definitely redeem themselves and try to get their act together for this upcoming season. But um, but I'm but I'm definitely treated on how they're gonna go for next season, especially how what everyone has said. I mean, they said that Donovan Mitchell, he he's not that guy. They said that Rudy, they said that Rudy Gay, why did he deserve to be defensive player of the year? They said that he he shouldn't even be on the court. Get him out. He's not that good. I am um, intrigued to see how they're gonna respond this season from last year's collapse. Well, really, you want to think about last two years class because they blew a 3-1 lead in the bubble, and then they blew a 2-0 lead against the Clippers last season. So, And that and that was without Kawhi Leonard in the last two games in the semifinals. So I'm definitely going to look forward to see. But you know what's crazy, though? Out of all teams that we – the two teams that we mentioned that we're looking forward to next season, I'm amazed that the, that the Portland Trailblazers barely did anything. I mean, what the heck is going on? I mean, you get, listen, you get Cody. 76ers, I mean, 76ers too. Well, I mean, well, they 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 got Andre Drummond and Danny Green. Whoopty freaky do, people. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously. But Portland, I got to say this, Portland, let's be real about this. 
Cody Zeller, cool, that's nice. You got you got someone who can play defense, Tony Snell. But what else are you doing? I mean, does, does anybody feel as if the Portland Trailblazers improve? Like, do you, what, what, you, what do you think? Do you feel like they, they improve or you think they stay the same? They stay the same. I mean, there's really no big of a difference. And that's why I mentioned the 76ers too. Yeah, you got Andre Drummond and Danny Green, but you said this and I definitely agree with you, Jabari. Where's your closer? Mm. No. Yeah, Philly don't have wow, a closer. You're trying to find a King's Ransom for Ben Simmons, which is ridiculous. You didn't even try to focus on getting the guy that you actually could really work with. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And so, listen, Philly, listen, the 76ers have issues and Portland have issues. And I'm just intrigued to see what does happen. But Chicago and Utah is, is, is definitely teams that you should definitely look out. So moving on, let's talk about the Lakers real quick. Uh, another team who made some interesting moves. Obviously, you know... <laughs> They added Carmella Anthony, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, and the whole world collapsed. I mean, the whole world felt like it was it was a celebration when we found out that they got those pickups. So something that LeBron James said on Twitter that obviously he deleted the, that tweet, by the way. He has something to say to his critics, to his doubters, to his haters. L'Oreal, can you go ahead and bring up? What did LeBron James said? And then he deleted that tweet, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so about a week ago after the Lakers made those moves, not to mention Dwight Howard and Trevor Reza as well. So LeBron James went to Twitter and he tweeted about people doubting his squad or just not believing them for many reasons, age, whatever. So he tweeted, keep talking about my squad, our personnel ages, the way he plays, he stays injured. We're past our time in this league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do me one favor, please, and I mean please, keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Hashtag thank you. All right, yeah. All right, that was LeBron James for you on Twitter last week. So, Loria, what do you make of this? I totally agree why he tweeted that and why he got rid of it. I mean, looking at this team, is that let, let me just be real, Drew. I'm not really concerned about the ages because even though I know that obviously we're not seeing this Carmelo as a 2003 Carmelo, let's not forget Carmelo Anthony was a good six man. Carmelo Anthony can still give you a bucket. Carmelo Anthony can still play defensively. And I think that now that Carmelo is in the situation, and I mean, LeBron already told Carmelo if he already told him that if this is, you know, if this if, if there's any good time to do this, to get this championship, the time is now. And I think when you look at this team, I don't think people should look at their ages. I think they should look at what these people can bring to the table. And I also think the fact that you brought Dwight Howard back, that was great because you still have a guy that was pretty much him and JaVale McGee were you know, they were two of the best, best rim protectors besides Anthony Davis for the Lakers. So the fact that you add them back, you have Trevor Ariza, another, you know, defensive-minded guy, and you have young players like Kendrick Nung and Malik Monk. And let me just say this, because there was something that was brought up about these two, and I kind of don't understand why it was brought up. So apparently people think that these two guys are quote-unquote ring-chasing, because they went to the Lakers. 
let's be clear. Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn, let's keep it real. You guys didn't really pay attention to them anyway. And now all of a sudden y'all want to pay attention to them because they go to the Lakers. Malik Monk, you know, he came from Charlotte. He's a promising guy, a great scorer. He knows how to play offensively. And Kendrick Nunn, we see a little bit what he could do when he was a part of the Heat. I believe, you know, he he was in the running for most improved player mm. because he did such a great job. Also, not to mention that he was in, he was undrafted as well in this draft class. But the point is they're not ring chasing. I mean, if anything, this is just like if you would have kept Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma, which I probably should have done that anyway. But, again, we know why they didn't because of LeBron. But still, they're not ring chasing. They're just trying to develop. And I think when you have all these people surrounded by LeBron James, they're trying to develop, trying to get better and all of that. I agree with LeBron. Keep the same energy when they win because think about it. You know, you know how can y'all call them old if they manage to go through an entire full regular season and the playoffs and the finals and they somehow manage to win the rink? I mean, you can't really make no jokes. I mean, here's the thing about the Lakers and the, with this tweet. My thing is that you can't be talking that talk and saying what you're saying and then you delete the tweet. I mean, you want to say something about your doubters, say something about your critics. Then go ahead and say, people are going to critique or are going to hate on you regardless. Yes. And to delete those tweets, that made absolutely no sense to me, not whatsoever. Now, let's let's go back to what he said here and there, all right? Let's, let's go ahead and break this down. Break it down, his tweet. Keep talking about his squad. Well, well we're still going to talk about your squad. Personnel, ages, well, yeah, I mean... You do have a lot of older players. Now, is that going to be a reason why you're going to lose? No, I don't think anybody's saying that's the reason. That's the main reason why you're going to lose about is a retirement home, even though it's 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 fun, it's laughable when we talk about that. The way he plays, well, that's actually true because Russ because Russell Westbrook has been an issue as far as how he fits with certain teams, especially all the teams he's been with. He has no championship and he's been with an MVP before. So let's not act as if that he's not part of the problem of why he doesn't have a championship right now. Okay. Same thing with Melo, even, even beforehand. Um, And there's other players. Then you say he stayed injured. Well, yeah. Anthony Davis has an injury problem. Hello. I mean, what are you talking about? You're going to act like that. He's not injury prone. Stop it. Come on now. We're past our time in this league. Now, I, I don't know who said that. This squad are past their time and all that stuff. So I don't know. That's a big narrative right there, et cetera, et cetera. Do me one favor, please. And I mean, please keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Thank you. Well, we're going to bring that same energy. Oh, we do. I don't remember any time that I did not bring that same energy when I talk about the Lakers. Oh, when I talk about LeBron James. So, so, so most of the things that you said, was actually accurate about what people said. Hello, like let's not act as if they wasn't accurate. Like, come on now, let's be real. And this squad you bring now, I'm gonna say this right now. I do not believe that this is the most stacked team ever. That that was just straight up nonsense right there. People are like, oh, this is the most stacked team. LeBron James, this and that. This is a super team, obviously. This is definitely a super team. But the idea that this is the most stacked team, stop it. All I know is that the way how everyone, all these Laker fans is talking, they better win the championship next year. 
Okay, all right. Oh, shit. <laughs> it, listen, because the because the way how y'all talk about Carmel Anthony, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, and Kendrick Nunn, I'm sorry. Y'all make it seem y'all make it seem like these guys are top 50 players in the league, the way how they're talking. Tell so, oh, these all these guys shot 40% from the three-point line. And and y'all was talking about yeah, Dennis Schroeder is not even on the team anymore. Beforehand, when he came, y'all was talking about oh, we got we got Dennis Schroeder. He's better than Avery Bally. Oh my God. We we got Wesley Matthews. He's better than Danny Green. What? What? Huh? We got Montrez Harrell. We got uh Marcus. Right. What the what don't you not like? Seriously. What do you not like? So so because we got Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Carmela Anthony, and Kendrick Nunn, that just made everything better. Oh yeah, they got Trevor Reza. Yeah, that just made everything just 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 like God level. No, we're going to see how this goes. I still don't see how this team is going to get to the finals. Plain and simple. So, yeah, we're going to bring that same exact energy. And if they win, they beat they beat the teams who are expected to be there. We're going to give them props no matter what. But as far as LeBron James clapping back, I mean, if you meant what you meant, don't delete that tweet, brother. Exactly. You should have pinned it. Right. And center. Right. Make that the mantra of this right. season, man. Because the receipts same energy. Because the receipts are real. All right, so let's talk about the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So, I mean, it just ended on Sunday. They already had their cer- ceremony, their closing ceremony, by the way. And that's it. No more Olympics, by the way. They did, I would say they did a very good job, you know, regardless of, you know, Japan was in a state of emergency and they didn't really have any fans, you know, in the stands. So it was unfortunate. But three years later, they will have the, you know, the Olympics again, the Summer Olympics, which it will be in Paris, France. And I'm sure, you know, France is going to love that. And I'm sure, you know, when uh, when the Olympics begin, there will be some um, some some ninjas in Paris, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, shout, shout out to Jay-Z and Kanye West, you know, watch the throne, by the way um you know that's a that's a 10-year anniversary real quick so shout out for them 10 years and watch the throne but anyway um you know with everything going on with the olympics i want to ask you you know by the way before we talk about something else what would you say was your favorite moment of the 2020 tokyo olympics Hmm. well i got a couple um just the women's team usa i mean they did amazing the way they want gold I mean, the way they made history. Shout out to Dawn Stanley. She has had five gold medals. She had a couple as a player, a couple as an assistant coach. She got some as a, you know, an official coach. Shout out to her. Shout out to Brianna Stewart. But also shout out to Adrian Wilson as well. Because let's not disrespect my good sis. Adrian Wilson definitely had an amazing Olympics. And I mean, I'm just excited to see, you know, how this is going to transition to the second half of the WNBA, of course. Shout out to Sue Bird, Diana Tarazi. They made history. You know, they have won five gold medals with this Olympics team for a long time. So shout out to those women. And one more person I want to shout out to. Shout out to Allison Felix. I mean, being the most decorative track athlete ever, I mean, ever, among men and women, Allison Felix, 
is the most decorative track athlete. I mean, shout out to her. I know that this is a tremendous moment for her, especially after um, she had the baby girl. And, you know, thank God the baby girl's all healthy and all. And the fact that, you know, she comes back in her return, she got the bronze medal. And then her, Sydney uh, McLaughlin, and all of those girls, they helped got the gold for that four by four relay. Shout out to her, man. Just legendary. One thing that I like about the Olympics is that, you know, I was watching archery for the first time and I was like, wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's something. I remember once I was watching a, you know, a shooting event and I was like, OK, all right, that's that's something, too. But I would say this track and field, you know, four by, you know, four by four. I mean, well, four by 100, um, you know, with the women's and the men's, you know, shout out to them for winning the gold right there. I, I definitely, definitely appreciate that for sure. We've had we also had the women's, you know, volleyball team that also won. But I will say that one thing that really caught my eye the most, if I really have to say, like, wow, this is right here, was really when, um, you know, in the finals of, you know, the wrestling finals. And the one thing about that wrestling finals matchup is that in the finals, Team USA was, you know, they this is like real wrestling, obviously. This is not WWE. And I don't know how they do the points, right? But I remember when, you know, my man's was trailing. It was like, it was eight to five. And then, like, in less than 30 seconds, he had to get, like, at least four points, like, to at least, you know, get the win. And I just remember, like, I remember in 15 seconds, he still was down by three. Then he, you know, he pinned him down one time. And then in five seconds, five to, like, three to five seconds left, this man had to do it again. And he got it before the buzzer hit. And I was like, wow, this man won. <laughs> like, I, I was really, I was really watching it so like very carefully because I was just so intrigued on the fact that we were down and especially in the Olympics it was definitely a close call because you know we got the most medals you know what I'm saying we got the most medals 113 but we you know we were close as far as the gold medals goes you know shout out to you know team USA women's volleyball to make sure we got the most but we got 39 gold medals we got 41 silver medals we got 33 bronze medals we we just got the most medals period and because, you know, we got the we got the best athletes in the world. Um, I want to say the marathon, the marathon also catch my eye, too. I was like, wow, like these people really are dedicated to what they do. Um, did you know that China got the best divers in the world? Because they 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 know how to do that. Even, <laughs> if, even though, you know, great, you know, Great Britain was on was on their game. But, man, it was a lot. You know, shout out to the swimming team, Team USA swimming team. They was on their grind. But, uh, you know, it was it was definitely enjoyable. You know, I, it, I would say too bad that the other folks, you know, who were planning on coming to Tokyo, Japan to watch the Olympics, they couldn't because obviously, you know, the state of emergency. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. But um, but for the Olympics goes, I'm just happy that Team USA won. That's all I care about. As long, they got the most medals. That's all good. But um, when they decide to go to Paris, I don't know. I might I might I might consider that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I might just one more shout out. I just want to shout out definitely to the black women that help, you know, create the media for these Olympics. Um yep. Maria Taylor, Lachana Robinson, mm-hmm. Carrie Champion, Monica Minut. I'm sure there's a lot of others that I participate in the Olympics, but great job to every single one of you. You guys did excellent commentary excellent media coverage and it definitely kept me for the most part entertained throughout the whole Olympics. So shout out to all. Of yes. You. Yes. Shout out, shout out to black excellence. 
So still sticking with the Olympics, let's just talk about this one particular team. So Team USA men's basketball team, you know, obviously there's been a lot of talk about, you know, should Team USA men's basketball team be concerning to you because they were losing in the exhibition games and the first game against France. Well, they went against France in the gold medal game and they beat them 87 to 82. That was the final score. They got that goal just like always. You know, it's they've been winning goals since 19. Wait, hold on, take back. They've been winning goals since 2008. Yeah, 2008. Um, since 1992, I believe they've been winning gold except for 2004. That was the only time when they lost, and that was just that was ridiculous. You know, they lost to Argentina, but Kevin Durant he had 29.6 rebounds. Jason Tatum he had 19 points. Dame Dalla and Drew Holiday both had 11 points. It was a good game overall, you know, you know, obviously there were times that they were trailing, but then they were able to get a double digit lead. And like I say, it was close. It was close. But, you know, shout out to French, you know, with Rudy Gobert, Evan Fournay, Nicholas Batum and others. They did their part. But uh, Team USA was better. And obviously we had a lot of folks like Kevin Durant and Draymond Green that was talking smack. So, um (laughs) yes, I love it. it. Kendra Perkins, you know. Watch your mouth, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, but I but you know, but I, I gotta ask you this, like, did people really spoke too soon about being concerned about Team USA men's basketball? I believe they did. I think for the most part, Team USA basketball was gonna be just fine. I just felt like because of the fact that we're not used to seeing this team at all, you know, no LeBron James, no Steph Curry you know, no Clay Thompson, like not a lot of experienced players like that. So things are going to look different. And I'm sure things were different as far as really pairing these guys, because we know on paper, if you got a team with Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Bam in the bio, Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, all of those boys, Draymond Green, this looks like a good team. But of course they have to really, I feel like they had to really show that they were a good team. And I think down later down the road, specifically their last couple games where they was fighting to get to that gold medal game. And then once they got to it against France and they beat France, you know, I was not surprised at all. And Kevin Durant, he did what he had to do. When he had to show up, he showed up for Team USA and it helped them a lot. And he has shown up for them throughout this entire Olympics. I mean, shout out to Damian Lillard. He had some great moments in the Olympics. Jason Tatum, he picked up a lot of the slack for Team USA in a lot of these games. So shout out to him. Shout out to everybody else. And like I said, I'm not surprised. It's nice to see Team USA, especially a new look Team USA, get to this point. So I'm going to be excited to see, you know, what other players are going to be, you know, on the next team in 2024. I mean, Steph Curry, you know, there's rumors that he might come back for the Paris Olympics. Maybe. We'll see how things go. Yeah. Look, let me be real with you right now. What did I say a couple of weeks ago, particularly last month? This is rich people problems here. Oh, my God. I, I, I have five hundred billion dollars in the bank. Now, all of a sudden, I, I have two hundred billion dollars. OK, whoop the freak you do. Your net worth is, is now two hundred billion problems. OK, two hundred billion million. I mean, two hundred billion, whatever, whatever the heck I'm trying to say. All right. It's whatever. Everybody was they were in a no win situation. If they won, 
then everyone would have said, well, you're supposed to win. Your team USA, you got the best athletes in the world. If they would have lost, they would have said, how did you lose to this team? How did you lose to this country? This country is now all back. Who they got? How many all-stars they have? They were in a no-win situation. So to me, I was not concerned not one bit. They lost two out of three games in the exhibition games. And everybody was saying, oh, oh Nigeria's good. Australia. Listen, Nigeria couldn't even win any of their games in the Olympics. And we, and we were supposed to be concerned about Nigeria. Shout out to Nigeria. You know, them folks over there, it's all good. But no way in hell should Team USA ever worry about Nigeria. Sorry, ne- no, no way. And then you have the nerve to say that we should worry about France and Australia. We beat Australia when we, we were down by, listen, Team USA was down the first half and then took it more serious by the end of the second quarter and beat them in the second half by double digits. And then they beat France too. But for some reason, we were, we were supposed to be concerned about France. Shout out to them. They were competitive. Usually in the gold medal games, that is using competitive anyway. But to act as if that we were supposed to be concerned, you got Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Draymond, Jason Tatum, Chris Milton, Devin Booker, and the list goes on and on about those guys too. We were supposed to be concerned? Really? Come on now. Now, I would admit, in the past, I wanted to see the Olympics competitive. I wanted to see men's basketball games competitive because I was like, you know, Team USA is just whooping everybody. Let's see, let's see something intriguing. Let's see some parody here. And it was this this year, and they won. They they still won. So I don't understand what was the point of being concerned about it when Team USA has the best basketball players in the world. Plain and simple. So I just don't get this. I mean, Kev, Kevin Durant, he did what he was supposed to do. KD, 29 points. He balled out. They had no answer for him. When it's time to win, it's time to win. And you know what's funny, too? I'm amazed that nobody's talking about Greg Popovich. They, yeah, you know, if you yeah, 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 all, all those mother effing haters talking about pop saying that, oh, that, that, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Think about this. They said that he was the blame. They said that his offense, his game didn't work. Talk about the teammates saying, oh, we don't like how he's playing, how he's coaching us. Talk about that military basketball style don't work. And this and that, man, get your ass out of here with that mess. <laughs> Seriously, I ain't hear no, I ain't hear nobody talk about Greg Popovich after that loss. None. What? They didn't even talk about it at the gold medals game. Did they mention? Did you hear anybody giving credit to Greg Popovich? No. Yeah, a bunch of haters around there. Y'all was y'all was ready to hate on this man, and now that they won, I didn't hear a word come out of Pop's mouth. Well, I didn't hear nothing came out of your mouth about Greg Popovich. So if that's the case, stop mentioning something that y'all don't want to talk about because y'all flat out hate it. Plain and simple. They was wrong. Well, they was wrong. Yes. Well, let's not disrespect Greg Popovich. Obviously, he had some issues early on before the Olympics started, but we know that he will quickly get over those issues. Exactly. Without a question. Exactly. They want they want to go in and shout out to KD and Draymond Green giving him gold medals. You know, what I'm saying, you know, put you know, put some gold medals around his neck because usually yes. coaches don't get gold medals. But, you know, shout out to him, you know, shout out to them for doing that. And like I said, he gets credit for the wins as well. But um, but I got to ask you something. Uh, Lord, yeah, you know, what I'm saying, you know, I'm, 
you a Kevin Durant fan. So I'm gonna ask you once again. So um does this show that Kevin Durant is the best player in the world? No, come on. <laughs> this oh man. This oh man. Hey, you go against this the world. You you're, you're going against the world though. <laughs> I mean, you're going against the world, but we know that they was going to win. There was no question. I didn't question Kevin Durant doing what he did because we know that he's the best scorer on this team. But no, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not. We're going to see what happens next season. Now, let's be clear, too, since you want to bring this up. Just because I said that Kevin Durant was not the best player in the world does not mean that he's not one of the best players in the world. I didn't say that. I know. What I'm I know. saying is that, yeah, what I'm saying is that based off what I saw from Giannis, I do believe that Giannis right now is the front runner for the best player. Kevin Durant is right there. And I know that when Kevin Durant comes back and he can be healthy and all that, I have no I have no question in my mind that he will be the best player in the world. But we're gonna see once this season comes. Ah. Brooklyn looking like a better team than Milwaukee and Kevin Durant is maintaining his title, that he can maintain his title. Hmm. I'm just I'm just saying because you know, I just I'm just amazed on how people were saying that Kevin Durant was number one, and then all of a sudden Giannis won the chip. It just it changed everything. So I mean, Ke- hey, Kevin Durant, he he led, you know, Team USA to a gold medal. So I just I would just wonder if that changed everything, you know. So you know, it it is what it is. But you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bug you that much. I'm not gonna get on you that much. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll just see how next season goes, which is gonna happen in two months. So exactly. so yeah. So let's talk about football real quick. Head into the NFL. So um, how about them Cowboys, huh? You know, did you hear about that Prescott? You know that guy. You know he, you know that money's still looking good. That money's still green though, but um, but there's a problem. This man um uh, suffered a soda injury during practice in training camp. So um, it's gonna be an issue now. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to not play. You know, when preseason or when the regular season comes. I mean, like I say, it's it's there, there's a soda injury that's that's going through um either his left or right shoulder. Jerry Jones had a couple things to say, but um. But obviously, there's a lot of things that people are concerned about, mainly, you know, about dang, like, I don't know if you want to get you if you should have gave a quarterback, you know, that much money. And, you know, he has an injury history. So should the Dallas Cowboys regret paying Dak Prescott a max deal as he has a shoulder injury? I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys should regret paying Dak Prescott. Now, is this a concern? Absolutely, because. Not, not even the fact that he has a shoulder injury. I think because of the fact that you already know he's coming off probably one of the most gruesome injuries that we have seen last season. And when we've seen that, especially to a Dak Prescott, who was trying so hard to help this team get to the playoffs, to get to that contention, I think it just really broke your heart a little bit to see that. And this whole storyline, especially – with the fact that the Cowboys are not going are now going to be the on the, um, the team featured on Hard Knocks, I mean it's no question why they will be featured on Hard Knocks because of this injury and this Prescott coming back. So of course having a shoulder injury in practice is a terrible thing, but you know thank God it ain't nothing like what Carson Wentz had that's going to take him out you know majority of the season. So I I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys should regret that because I do feel like they still rely on that Prescott. 
So I feel like giving him that money was necessary because I feel like the way that Dead Prescott has came into this league, obviously being drafted really low than, you know, than usual. And then once Tony Romo starts to get a little, then starts to get bad, then you take over his spot. And once he's took over his spot, he's pretty much just ran with it for the most part. You know, the Cowboys have not had anything really significant like an NFC championship game. But having this Prescott, Prescott, you know, for the most part, especially when healthy, your team has been in playoff contentions. So I don't think that they should regret Des Prescott giving him that max because I feel like he deserved that max. I believe that he will get this team to where they need to be within the timeline of his contract. And as far as I'm concerned, as long as this shoulder injury doesn't, you know, show anything that's been significantly damaged and things like that, I don't think the Cowboys should be worried. So let me get this straight. This man currently has a shoulder injury, and this guy agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract. Let's remember that right there. Now, Prescott, go get your money, man. I ain't going to be mad at that. But should the Cowboys regret it? I would say as of right now, no. But if this keeps going, then I would definitely say yes, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I don't really have any faith when it comes to the Cowboys in the first place, but let's be real. That Prescott is your franchise player, plain and simple. Ezekiel, Elliott, I mean, that guy, Elliott, man, I, I, don't, I don't, listen, he has not been the same since what, since year one, two, or three, perhaps? I mean, things have changed for him. Amari Cooper, I mean, that man, I mean, shoot, I mean, is this man, is this man great, good? I mean, what, what are you going to get out of Cooper? But, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. The, and, and, let's, and let's not talk about the defense either. I mean, whoo. Lord have mercy. The thing about the Cowboys is that I don't think it's more so about regretting to to pay Prescott. I think it's more so it's just that you got to make sure that man is healthy. Yes. And if this man cannot stay healthy, then that's really going to take your team to a different direction. Because the Cowboys are already in a situation where, look, they haven't been in the playoffs for about the last, what, since 2000 and. 18, 18, 19 season, I believe. And now you're asking the Cowboys to try to run it back like they like they did with this narrative, this this shoulders, this name called America's team, which I still don't know why. I mean, they come on. I'm just being real. And now the Cowboys are in a situation where, look, they're trying to be relevant once again. And they can't. They can't. If this if this if the if this man continues this soda injury then I think eventually they will regret it. But to me, I mean, look, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. They got, they better find a, a backup quarterback just in case if he doesn't play in the beginning of the season. And not only that, they better make sure that that defense is straight because that defense has been straight up terrible. Jerry Jones, obviously we know how arrogant he can be. And Jerry Jones feel like that he, but the Cowboys haven't been to the Super Bowl since, no, they haven't, well, I did it back. They haven't been to the NFC championship since, 1995 or 96 i believe jesus you know shoot i mean what year were you born l'oreal 1999 oh see there you go no said no said there you go so if you haven't been listen if you have not been to the to the super bowl to the nfc championship since 95 96 what the heck we talking about here over 25 years you have not been you have not been in the nfc championship 
the Cowboys are supposed to be America's so-called team, team, but they're not. And I think that they need to handle these issues that's going on. And with Prescott being hurt right now, it's not looking good. Because to be real with you, I don't even know if people listen. Do, do you would you say that that the Cowboys are the best team in their in their division, NFC East? You got to think about it. <laughs> they should. No, no, no. If anything, they, they realistically should. Yeah. I think realistically, they have the best talent and the best potential. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because the Cowboys are accident waiting to happen and mm-hmm. because of the NFC lease in general, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, when I think about the NFC East, it's going to be either between the Cowboys or Philly. Wow. Because with the Washington football team, despite their defense, I feel like their defense is going to be a force to be reckoned with really soon. Obviously, with Mm -hmm. time and development, especially for Chase Young. But, I mean, what's your quarterback? No disrespect. Yeah. I mean, it's quarterback is like average to okay. (laughs) You know, because of Washington. And don't get me started about the Giants. That that could be enough. But I feel like that only going to be enough if these other teams don't show up. Yeah, exactly. For me, it's going to be between Philly and Dallas because I'm telling you right now, I really feel like Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith is going to be Oh, special. yeah. Yeah, Philly's going to be special, yeah. Philly's going to be special. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. I swear, someone needs to be fired if the Cowboys can't make it to the playoffs next season. I'm sorry. And I ain't talking about the coach. Jerry I'm talking gotta about. Gary got to go. Oh. Let's talk about Come that. on. Yes. Jerry got to go. Come on. Yes, man. Yeah, he gotta go. But I don't for sure. know. It's probably gonna take. It's probably gonna take a million years for him to step down. Shoot, he gonna have to die. Right. Yeah, he gonna have he, to die. He's like, I'm staying on here to the grave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's stick. Let's keep on sticking to the NFL real quick. So the 2021 Hall of Fame was, you know, this past weekend. You know, shout out to everybody who, who's in the Hall of Fame. You know, people like you know Charles Woodson. You know, he went to U of M. Shout out to that brother right there. You know, one of the best cornerbacks in the game. You know, Kelvin Johnson. Uh, you know, a, a, a fan favorite, right? A fan, a fan favorite for the Detroit Lions. A, a lot of people love him. Shout out to Kelvin Johnson, Megatron, as always. Jimmy Johnson. Well, Jimmy Johnson was already in the Hall of Fame, but you know, he just got a chance to finally, you know, be in. You know, appreciate getting his jacket because of you know, obviously COVID and everything. And also give give a shout out to Peyton Manning, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all times. I mean, I think it's safe to say he's one of the five greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. Yes. I mean, with the MVPs, the I mean, him winning, you know, Super Bowls and whatnot. I mean, he's definitely all time great no matter what. It got me thinking about just the Hall of Fame in particular. And with people being abducted or people who's on the ballot for next year, you a Hall of Famer. It is what it is. But I'm not going to lie to you. What is the criteria of being a Hall of Famer in today's game, in in today's sports period? Tony Romo is on the ballot for next year. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to get in or not. I'm just going to be real with you right now. I don't care if he was a cowboy. I don't care. That man is not a Hall of Famer. He better not be voted as as to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. He's not first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I don't care how many times. That he's on the ballot. He he's not a Hall of Famer. Okay, we just had a conversation a few months ago. Was was Element a Hall of Famer? 
Julian Elman, we we was talking about that and we said no. Okay. 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 There was times, right. There was times in the in basketball, people were asking, is Robert Ori a Hall of Famer? No, he's not a Hall of Famer. Stop it. This this is not a conversation right here. Okay. In baseball, people were questioning, is Kurt Chilling a Hall of Famer? I think he is, but for some reason, these riders don't believe that he's a Hall of Famer. And so I want to know what is the criteria? What is the criteria of being a Hall of Famer? Like I said, the people who are in the Hall of Fame, shout out to them. I got no, I got no problem. However, some of them who are in the Hall of Fame, I do kind of question, how did you get in the Hall of Fame? You know, Vladi Divac, you know, him, how did he get in the Hall of Fame for, for the yeah, for the basketball hall of fame? So I just want to know what the criteria is. Because some of these guys who are in the Hall of Fame, I don't agree with. When you look at any list, when you think about sports, top 10, MVP, Rookie of the Year, even the Hall of Fame, of course, there's going to be a lot of selections. And, you know, you'll see certain players on these lists where it kind of makes you scratch your head a bit. I mean, we did this recently with MVP. You know, we was thinking – yeah, we get Steph Curry in his historic, you know, shooting season in March or April, but it's no way in hell he should be MVP candidate. No. Nope. Like, come on. Let's be real. So I, you know, just, you know, bringing up the point about Hall of Fame, I do think that it's the same thing. There's definitely got to be some kind of shock value with some of these Hall of Fame selections um, because, I mean, Jabari – can you even remember if Tony Romo has consecutive at least playoff or a NFC champion? That man got what? The wait, hold on. That man has about two or three. I'll say this: he's never been in the NFC championship game. I'll tell you that. Never. He he couldn't even beat Eli Manning and the New York Giants in 07-08. Exactly. And he cannot. No. And even though a lot of people don't really look at Eli's rings is being significant even though he still played for those rings and he played he's a hall of famer at least better than his competition right Right. he is a hall of famer right so i'm just saying with these selections there's got to be some kind of shock value or i mean like for example let's look at some of like these wide receivers yeah i think that we could say deandre hopkins is a potential hall of famer potential potential talent and you know and, and 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 obviously his records breaking and things like that, you know, without a question, we would say Tyreek Hill is a future Hall of Famer because of his talent and what he's bringing to the team. I, I, I believe he's, he's on the that, way. He, he got to keep it going. Will, yeah, but for sure, he would definitely be up there because him, along with Patrick Mahomes, has over five consecutive AFC appearances. Um, mm-hmm. And on top of that, he has a ring. And on top of that, he has broke numerous records. So when you look at these lists and their selections, there's always – a combination of everything that kind of makes you think question to yourself, you know, are they really worthy of this list? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's only been my be thing. Person. Like to be quite honest with you, some people think Tony Romer is a hall of famer. I mean, I really don't know how I don't but know I either it's because of the name itself, because even though we know respectfully that Julie element is one of the greatest players in the league, Still, we're not really sure if he's really deemed worthy of Hall no. of Famer status. No. I mean, if you look at the records, like, it's it's kind of like this. Like, 
Barry Sanders at one point had the most had had a record of I want to say most uh, rushing yards in a season. Or I believe, you know, most rushing, you know, consecutive seasons, you know, rushing yards in, in, in each season, something like that, you know, you, but you know what I mean? There was one time, oh, like this, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had, you know, has a record of the most points in NBA history or like in, in baseball, you know, Hank Aaron has the most RBIs in Major League Baseball history. Uh, Ricky Henderson has the most stolen bases in Major League Baseball history. There's certain uh, unbreakable records that we look and we say, man, because of what that man did that no one else has done, that man's going to the Hall of Fame. You know, obviously the championships are there, the MVPs and, you know, all-star Pro Bowls, those things come as well. You know, but to me, I don't look at just the numbers of why you are a Hall of Famer. And so that's why I kind of look and I was like, man, there's a couple of cats that's in the Hall of Fame and they don't need to be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. And if and if Tony Romo gets into the Hall of Fame, I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm if sorry. Tony Romo gets in the Hall of Fame, even though they probably already did this, you might as well give Reggie Bush's Heisman back. Yes. You're going to do that kind of laugh. If, if Tony Romo is a Hall of Famer, then Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. Right. For real. Seriously. I mean, that would make total sense if Tony Romo's there. I mean, sure. I mean, you might as well say Des Bryant is a Hall of Famer. There's some people who might bring up an argument. No, oh, well, we're we not, well, we not going to do that, all right? <laughs> we're we not going to do that. Okay. We we. Uh, yeah, we. We, we know not. better. We know we better. Yeah. But like I said, shout out to everybody who has, who have been inducted into the Hall of Fame of 2021 NFL Hall of Fame. But you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right shout get a shout out so um yes but also with the nfl because obviously football is coming up in a couple weeks well yeah about three four five weeks well you know what i mean josh allen signed an extension it was a six-year extension 258 million dollars 150 million is guaranteed so now obviously josh allen and the buffalo bills made it to the afc championship last season and look, they making sure that Josh Allen got paid and, you know, he, he he's there. But with that being said, what does this mean for the Bills in the AFC? I was not surprised at all when I saw this. When I saw Josh Allen perform, in my opinion, I believe he was definitely top three when it came to MVP because of the way that he played and the way that he, along with other people, you know, like Stefan Diggs, of course, how they was able to transform the franchise to actually make them a competitor. And with no question, I have no doubt that Josh Allen is going to produce the way that he has produced last season. There's no question in my mind that Josh Allen is thinking forward when it comes to this team, because even though he didn't get a lot of this money, Josh Allen already put it up there on the table. I have zero to no issue trying to re re renegotiate or, you know, reconstruct my contract so I could try to get us in the best position. And I think the fact for a guy to say that, especially after he got all this money, that should tell you where his head is at. And I think for the Bills, that's amazing for them because they have a guy that's locked in. 
They have a guy that Jim Kelly, the coach, could work with. They have a guy that all these receivers can work with. They have a guy that the defense can work it with. They have a guy where they know in the NFC right now against the Lamar Jackson in the world, which don't worry, he'll be paid very soon. They're working on that contract. Um, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, the Baker Mayfields of the world, you know what I'm saying, the Patrick Mahomes of the world. Josh Allen is right up there. And a lot of people will, I believe, reasonably put Josh Allen, you know, even below Patrick Mahomes just because of how he performed so well in the NFC. Nobody expected the Bills to get to this point. For the most part, you know, a lot of people had the Patriots because they just believed in Belichick and, of course, you know, the whole idea of bringing a Cam Newton to kind of, you know, help really, you know, revive his career, which didn't happen necessarily, but he still has time to do that, of course. But right now, Josh Allen and the Bills are the front runners of the AFC. And I mean, the AFC, they should look out. I think the Bills are going to be a threat. You know what? I'm going to just say this right now. I believe that the Bills will be in, in, in the AFC championship again. I do. Oh my God. I do. And I do believe that they will win. Oh my God. I do believe they will win their division with no issues. Oh, over and the Patriots? Yes, I do. Because the only the only question, the only question that I have when it comes to the Patriots is Cam Newton. Because that's something, it? yes, something is you don't think that's enough? Wait, I mean, wait. <laughs> what, what I mean, about the defense? What about the off? What about his his weapons? He's got help now. Yes, he has help now, but you still need him to be healthy as well. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, when I looked at the moves, I was like, okay, that's good help. But obviously, I need Cam Newton to at least be able to work up to that point so he can use those weapons. And right now, I'm kind of iffy about that. Now, I don't have a question about the Patriots and the Bills being obviously top two in that division because even though I do like, you know, Tua and what Miami is doing, Miami is not there right now. You know, yeah, Miami's not there um, yet. No, yeah, and obviously, no disrespect to Zach Wilson, ain't nobody worried about the Jets. No, yeah, we ain't talking about the Jets, yeah, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I just believe that the Bills right now are a little bit better than the Patriots, and I just see them winning the division. Look, okay, I really don't think it's going to be that difficult. I really don't. Look, the Bills, look, if you want to say they're going to win the division, fine, okay, fine, I'll, I'll give it to you. They, they probably will win the division. But go to the AFC Championship. So, <laughs> wait, you think they're going to meet the, the? I was about to say the, the pass. Uh, you think they're going to see the Chiefs again? Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, Josh Allen, you got, you got your money. I'm not mad about that. Go ahead and get your money, especially playing a physical sport. You got your money, man. Shout out to you. However, I'm sorry. I don't think, I don't think I would see the Bills in the AFC Championship next season. And the reason why I just feel like there's teams that are improving, they're getting better. I just think that the, that listen, I'm they got better. They got listen. I'm so glad they got Stefan Diggs. Well, they they had Stefan Diggs, and obviously Josh Allen did his thing. I need to see how they're gonna act. Like I, I think beforehand, I think before to even get to the AFC championship, they're probably gonna face the Chiefs. And I think that's probably the reason why um, I, they're not going to have a bad season. They're going to have a good season, but I just don't see them being there. I just don't. I'm trying to see, can you do it again? Can you do it again? Can you repeat that again? Well, and I'll I don't, tell you right now, I'll put the Bills over the Browns and I'll put the Bills over the Ravens right now. Because, I mean, we got to get to the point where 
we know we know what Lamar Jackson can do, but it's like, what if he ends up in the same position this season, even with the new changes? What are we going to say now? So we're going to assume that he's going to make the same mistakes? No, I'm not assuming he's going to make the same mistakes, but that's the reason why I'm telling you that I can't put him over the Bills or I can't put the Ravens over the Bills. That's why, because of the history. Now, do I believe that the Ravens have a chance to beat the Bills? Absolutely. I'm not saying they could never beat the Bills, but I'm saying right now in terms of we we know we we know the number one team right up in AFC is um, the Chiefs. Yes. Whoever is second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth, you and your that's own. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty much going to be determined based on what that team wants to do. And All right. I just feel like I just feel like looking at this contract and looking, and that's the thing though too. Like, don't sleep on the Bills. The Bills is a really good made team, just like anybody else. All right. You got your quarterback. You got your receivers. You have a really good defense. They were a top five defense in the league. All right. Uh, look, I, I, okay, look, they were good. They had a good season, but look, I got to see them do it again. Can you do it again? That's all I care about. I just want to know. That's that's it. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right, folks. That's it for the Bounce Podcast, episode 34. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Simplecast, iHeartRadio, Pandora, folks, and YouTube. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, download us, share, subscribe, as always, you know what I'm saying, comment, do what you got to do, folks. You know, we here every week, bi-weekly, y'all know the deal is, every day, and we chilling, we chilling, we chilling for the summertime, and the fall is coming up, and we're about, what, four months away until 2022? I mean, Lord have mercy, almost four months away. It's, they're going to be like, on your left. <laughs> it's going to be interesting right here. Uh, before we go, L'Oreal, you have anything else to say? Yes, so for all you basketball fans, don't worry. Basketball is still here because the NBA Summer League, which I believe commenced about a couple of days ago, is still going on. Tonight, we got Houston versus Detroit, Jalen Green versus Kay Cunningham. Jalen Green's been doing great. Shout out to him. Shout out to Cunningham. Shout out to um, Jalen Suggs, who plays for Orlando. He dropped 20 points in his first debut. So, yeah, um, there's going to be a lot of more. NBA Summer League games going to be happening right now until Sunday the 15th. So make sure you check those out, which I believe every single game is going to be on ESPN3 and, of course, on the ESPN app. All right. Yeah, that's that's what's up. That's what's up. Oh, yeah. Another thing, too, I just want to let y'all know some Major League Baseball news. Um, there has been talks about that they want to plan on making a, well, creating a 14-team playoff bracket for, oh. you know, for for. You know, for the playoffs this year, they're trying to see if they can make that happen instead of having a 10-team playoff bracket. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, if they do, then that would be nice. We'll see what happens. And, you know, I'm trying to see. You know, I, I'm not, I don't think the Tigers will be in the playoffs this year. I but, was just you know. about to say, <laughs> could the Tigers creep up? <laughs> oh, I wish that. I wish they, they can. I would love it. I would love it, though. I would love to see one of the seven teams in the American League. I'll tell you that yes. right now. That would be that would be nice, though. That would be that would definitely be nice. But I, I'm gonna say not. They're not gonna be there. I'm just I'm just worried about Miguel Cabrera making history. You know, what I'm saying he got two yes. more home runs to get into. Two he, more, two, two more. more. Then he'll get to 500, 500 career home runs. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see what happens, though. And also another thing too, I want to say something right now about the NBA, real quick. All right. I'm calling right now. I'm calling right now. Hear me out. Uh, prediction I, time. Yes. <laughs> The Utah Jazz with Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Bayanovich, O'Neal, Royce O'Neal, 
Rudy Gobert, that's the starting five right there. Coach Gwen Snyder with their bench, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gay, Eric Purcell, and Hassan Whiteside. That's their starting five and their starting bench. The Utah Jazz will be in the Western Conference Finals next season. Wow. So Get at me. I just ask you this question because <laughs> we all know what happened last season. Yes. No disrespect to the moves that they made because I believe yeah. it will happen in the long term. But yes. why are you so admirable about the Jazz now as opposed to last season? I mean, did those moves just really make you – think you know the jazz was going to get to that point as opposed to last season i i, I mean I, I just like the moves i just like the move i thought the moves were were legit that's the real reason why if they didn't make those moves then i would have thought otherwise i'll be honest with you so even with the same team even so even with the same team and being healthy yet they still didn't make those moves you still didn't believe they could get to the no finals. i i no i would have thought to myself that they were I, I like i said i said they were a fake one seed. I still, I admit that. I still go by that last season. But with these moves, I thought they got better and they will be in the Western Conference Finals. And the fact that I told you, you know, with, with Nuggets, Warriors, and Clippers, the question marks they have due to health, I, I believe they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. So who do you believe, since we're already making the predictions, who do you think is going to go up against them? That's a good question. I mean, yeah. you know, that's a good yeah. We got to throw it out there. I mean, I, I mean, would the Lakers even be in the Western Conference Finals? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's for you to really think. Oh, I'll mess around. I mean, listen, it, poss- it may be the Lakers. It might be the Lakers. We'll see what happens. But mm-hmm. listen, we, we got time. We got time. We got time to make our predictions, all right? I'm I'm just saying that I, I got mean, the Utah you Jazz. You're already making me think about my predictions. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, like I said, I just got the Utah Jazz going to the Western Conference Finals. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, all right? But that's it. That's it. That's all I want to say. Thank you for listening to the Bounce Podcast, episode 34. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host, L'Oreal. Peace!